See, we got this music theme going, as you well know. And uh, I'm not sure this was on the playlist going back to last Thursday at the Tuscany. Maybe it should have been. But maybe we can get another. Maybe we can get Al Bernstein to do an old school R&B night. That and and maybe I could even make a a guest appearance. I mean, I don't have the chops, you know, that Al does. But maybe I could do an old school rap or something like that. I could do that. Al Bernstein, the Hall of Famer, my man. What's going on, my friend? Hey, it's a good idea. I like your uh, I like your programming idea there. That would be a good uh, that would be a good evening. And you know who else would be down for this out would be Kenny Davidson because Kenny loves playing oh, he that loves stuff. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he loves playing that. Yeah, well, he'll he'll play any genre of music. You name it, he'll he'll give it a try. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna have to work on that one. I'm, I'm get a- you up there on the stage doing a doing that. You could do one. Um, uh, and I here's an old school rapper uh, who my friend Monty Alexander, who's a great jazz pianist, was actually friends with um, Shaggy. Remember Shaggy? Of course, Shaggy. It wasn't me, Al. It wasn't me. Yeah. That was, so uh, we're doing some Shaggy tunes. Uh, yeah, Monty. Monty's a great friend with him. And uh, he says Shaggy's one of the coolest guy ever. So we'll do some Shaggy uh, um Perhaps. <laughs> that, that that'd be see. I'd even go older than Al. Al, I would you know I would go back to you know some Curtis Blow, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious oh, Five, boy, Sugar Hill right. Gang. That's where I'm going, Al. You know. Now I know right, you're, you're you're not going old school. That, that, that's go. my guy. And, and and I know that you're friends with Snoop Dogg. I mean, we know that. All right, we you know Snoop Dogg and I have uh, uh, have shared a few moments together too. Oh, too funny! All right, so let's let's go back and talk about Thursday night because, as you know, I was on the road; I couldn't be there. I, I want to hear all, yes. all about it. Thursday night at the Tuscany, Al Bernstein, Kenny Davidson, uh, two dynamic sets, packed house. Let, let's hear it. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of a lot of people there. Uh, a lot of uh, boxing celebs. Jimmy Lennon Jr. was there. Uh, Jim Gray came out. How about that? Yeah. Uh, we had. Uh, we had some boxing uh, boxers there and all kinds of other folks, and uh, we had a fun night. Did a lot of different music um, uh, from all songbooks, including uh, Linda Ronstadt, The Eagles, Bob Seger, uh, Great American Songbook, everything. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a good uh, a good time to get us prepared for the uh, for the weekend of boxing festivities. Yeah, yeah. See, you should have asked Jim Gray why he he didn't bring Mark Davis. You know, because they hang out quite a bit. You know. And, uh, they do. I saw. Yeah, I saw Mark at uh, rings. He came by ringside afterwards to uh, to say hi. He's a huge boxing fan, as you well know. Yep. Um, and uh, and boy, oh boy, he could uh, have another world championship. Uh, and I and I hate to say it, I'm not referring to the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you, you guys are headed toward there. But yeah, Mark uh, Mark uh, came by the Canelo fight on. Uh, Saturday, and he was. Uh, I, I just got to say hi to him very briefly. Mm, great guy. All right, my friend. Well, let's talk about uh, what you uh, witnessed firsthand and, and, and called part of Showtime's pay per view is Canelo Alvarez defeating Jermel Charlo for the undisputed super middleweight championship. And it looked like vintage uh, Canelo, Al, definitely did. I'm curious uh, what your take was because when we had you on last week, you really thought that, hey, this could be a very interesting fight. You know, styles make fights and everything. And the, the weight wasn't going to be a factor. In the end, Al, what, what do you think was the difference? Why Canelo had such an easy time of it with Charlo? Yeah, I think a couple things. We talked also about how 
that that for this fight, Canelo Alvarez was probably as healthy as he's been. All the nagging injuries, including a hand injury and everything, they were they they weren't impacting him as they have been in the last few fights where he candidly admitted he hadn't performed as well as he would like. Um, so I think that was a factor. Uh, secondly, uh, he got in a really good training camp because of being so healthy. Um, and then thirdly, I do think at the end of the day, um, for Charlo coming up two weight classes against a really strong opponent, was just too much for him. And, you know, I thought Charlo might get a few more things offensively done than he, than he did in this fight. He, um, he showed flashes uh, of combination punching, but then he would retreat. And uh, I think the physicality, he kind of admitted the physicality of uh, Canelo Alvarez, who is very much a full-size 168 pounder. He's, he was down at 154 back in the day when Charlo was calling, you know, was calling for a fight with him maybe eight or nine years ago. They were both at 154, but now Canelo Alvarez is a full-fledged 168 pounder. And, uh, and I think, uh, that strength and that, uh, power, uh, and the fact that he fought a very disciplined and well thought out fight was just too much for Charlo. Some people were critical of Charlo for, for not making a bigger offensive effort. And I understand that, you know, uh, they feel like he was more content to make some efforts, uh, to be offensive and then just kind of decided he was going to hang in there. He did show toughness because he was hit with some big punches, but at the end of the day, he just didn't do nearly enough offensively. You know, we talked about the weight, and you know, Canelo has even fought, you know, one seventy five. Do you, Do you remember Al? What were the ring weights actually? Not not the weigh in, but the night after they hydrated and everything, when they got into the ring, was there that much of a difference between the two? Well, Charlo made the point of saying he only was you know, up in the low one seventies. And and that, and part of that, and Canelo was higher than that. I don't remember the exact point, but he, you know, he he he, he if he's he's probably closer to one eighty when he when he's going to step in the ring. So uh, that was a little that was a little bit part of it. And Charlo was bemoaning the fact that he, you know, he he said he wanted to get, you know, he wished he could have been retained more weight, but I don't know that that's all was. You know, I think part of this was just simply Canelo Alvarez fought a really, really good fight. He's bigger, he's stronger, and uh, when Charlo felt that strength, he was unable to deal with it. I think we're left with one, to be honest, we're left with one uh, inescapable conclusion. And that is that at 168, a, a Canelo Alvarez who is at the top of his game has one foe and one foe only that is a 50-50 fight with him, and that is David Benavides. Right. Um, and, 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 and that's the fight that, at the end of the day, determines where Canelo Alvarez is at right now, and, of course, will determine where Benavides is at. But you can look at all, you can look at all the other directions that you can look in and I'm not sure you find somebody else at, at 168 whether it's somebody coming up from 160 or uh, you know now now mind you let me amend that statement by saying if Dimitri Bivol could come down to 168 of course he beat Canelo at 175 that might be a different story but of the 
fighters that are truly 168 pounders, um, you know, Benavides is clearly the only one that, when Canelo is at his absolute best and totally motivated, Benavides is the one that would be a, a true challenge to him. Al Bernstein joins us. He was on the call. Showtime Championship Boxing Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena as Canelo Alvarez easily defeated Jamel Charlo. Al, what is the likelihood that the Canelo Benavides fight happens? And if the answer is that it can happen, relatively easy to make it happen, when could it happen? Well, it shouldn't be that hard. Benavides is going to fight at the end of November against Demetrius Andre. He had a very good fight. Right. And Andre's a very good fighter. So he's a, certainly some kind of threat to Benavides, but Benavides will go into that fight as the favorite. So they're kind of fighting on a similar schedule in terms of the, the calendar. And, you know, Canelo just signed a three-year deal with uh, the PBC. Uh, Benavides is promoted by the PBC, as is now Canelo Alvarez. So that really isn't an impediment. Um, so in theory, in one of these final two fights of this PBC deal that uh, Canelo Alvarez has, it was always anticipated that in that three-fight grouping would be Benavides. Um, it would be a very big disappointment to everyone involved if he wasn't in one of those two fights. Now, would it be the next one or would it be the third one in that deal? That I don't know. I think it, it, it would be great if it's the next one because I think it's the fight, it's the fan, the fight fans would most like to see. But, um, you know, I think either way, it will be definite unfinished business if they don't get to fight each other. And don't you feel, Al, that Canelo feels that there's some unfinished business there with Dimitri Bivol as well, too? And what is the likelihood that that fight, you know, happens either before Benavidez or, or happens at all? I think it's getting more and more unlikely because, number one, I don't know that uh, uh, Alvarez wants to go back up to 175. Um Bivol could come down to 168, and the money involved in a Canelo fight would probably lure him down there. But, but that they didn't do too well trying to make the rematch of that fight, and I'm not really sure how much the the Canelo people want to try and make that fight. I don't know. I mean, he's a true warrior, and he would probably like to try to avenge the the, the loss. Um, but even and I know he did. He wasn't quite himself physically. Even if he's 100% and fighting at his best, Bivol's a tough matchup for him. Stylistically, it's a very tough matchup. And Dimitri Bivol is a really, really, really good fighter. I mean, you know, he hasn't gotten this, uh, the attention uh, that he probably deserves internationally and certainly not in America, but... He is a very tough guy to fight, and uh, and 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 a true 175 pounder. So even if he comes out on 168, he's bringing that 175 vibe with him. So I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna see that one. I, I just that one is a little trickier to make. Final thing on Saturday night's fight, Al. Uh, you've done a couple Canelo fights. 
but talk about the atmosphere inside T-Mobile <laughs> Arena. And again, there's not as many fights at T-Mobile as there has been in the past. Of course, at at um, you know the MGM Grand or even going back to the Michelob Ultra Arena at Mandalay Bay, we're seeing more and more uh, at T-Mobile. I personally do like that venue. I want your thoughts on it. But what was it like with that Canelo Alvarez following in the crowd? Uh, even though, I mean, it was a pretty one-sided fight, but just talk about the atmosphere itself. Yeah, it was really a good atmosphere. I mean, it was, you know, we would have liked the fight itself to be a little bit more competitive. And, you know, most of the, the uh, you know, we've had two straight pay-per-views that looked like they were going to be more competitive, especially Spence Crawford, and it turned out to be pretty one-sided. Um, we've had a better track record boxing has in the last year or so of having better pay-per-views than before. Um, this was an aberration, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, the atmosphere, though, was very exciting. You know, the, the T-Mobile was virtually filled. If there were some empty seats, there weren't too many. And and uh, and the Canelo Alvarez factor is always a big part of it because his fans are so passionate. And, and I'll tell you the other thing. Canelo Alvarez is a happy warrior, you know? And because he's a happy warrior, that's kind of the vibe that he creates in the building. It's it's not a negative feeling. It's a very positive feeling. And that's kind of what you feel from the fan from his fans that are out there and, and the people that are, you know, are drawn to a Canelo event. It just is a real positive vibe. And and I thought the atmosphere was, you know, was great. Listen, I thought I'm going to be honest. I thought the, the whole card was going to be a killer. And the first fight with um, Elijah Garcia and Armando Resendez was a war. It was a phenomenal fight. And I said, oh, okay, this is all living right up to where I thought it would be. Well, <laughs> Barrios and Lugas wasn't as exciting as it should have been. And Lubin and uh, Ramos was a very strange fight um, in which... Uh, not only did we get less action than we anticipated, we, everybody thought that was going to be a fight of the year candidate. We also got a terrible decision. So, uh, so that, that you know, there was a, some odd factors tonight as well. But uh, but still, people were very enthused. And that is a great point that you uh, mentioned about Canelo, and I wholeheartedly agree. I think that's why so many people love Canelo Alvarez, because he's a warrior and he never really ducks anybody. You don't hear Canelo, for the most part, you know, getting in trouble outside of the ring. He's a happy warrior. And I think that what maybe surprised some people, Al, this is the first time that, that a lot of American fans have heard Canelo speak English. Because he's actually worked yeah. very hard on that, and before oh, yeah. he he's, he wouldn't he wouldn't he just said, "Well, I'm you know feel comfortable, uh, and I'm not going to adapt." And I was really happy to see him do this. Yeah, he's he's done a really good job uh, speaking English, and did so all through the promotion and afterwards. And uh, yeah, he's just gotten. And we were asking him how he mostly did, and he said it was mostly conversational, talking to friends. Watching TV, you know, trying to trying to just be as conversational with it as possible. But he he's um, he's done a great job with that, and that you know he just further increases his um, his connection with uh, with American fans as well. Uh, but yeah, he, yeah, he approaches the sport with with a, a joy, and um, um, and that, you know that that kind of comes through, and it created another you know. 
kind of big moment in in boxing, and all his fights are are major events. Yeah, and uh, like you said, he's got uh, two more fights on this PBC contract, and uh, hopefully we see more of Canelo Alvarez, uh, one of my favorites. Love watching him. I'm sure and I know you enjoy broadcasting him as well. He is Al Bernstein, the International Boxing Hall of Famer, Showtime Championship bo- Boxing, long-time Las Vegas resident, one of our, our favorites here. And, uh, Al, we got to talk a little bit about the, the postseason. Baseball is here, my friend. Uh, we've got playoff action starting today. I, I want to know who you got your eye on. I know very disappointing that uh, the Cubs uh, you know, kind of fell off the last uh, week of the season. But, uh, again, it's postseason baseball. We love it. Who you got your eye on? Well, yeah, the Cubs were very, very disappointing. And, uh, you know, one of the teams, I know this is going to sound so old hat, but I-, I marvel at the fact that the Dodgers, year after year after year after year, sustain this kind of excellence going into the playoffs and then we are never quite sure what's going to happen are we we just never know with the Dodgers and that to me that's fascinating I I find it fascinating to know that you have this team that's the best team in baseball continually and yet we're never sure how well they're going to function in the playoffs yeah I mean I'm curious it's, it's just it's a mystery always and they they have star power. They've got a, a huge payroll, and it just it, it just kind of seems like okay. We know they're gonna you know get there, whether it's to the NLCS or the World Series, yeah. but we can't count on them right. winning the World Series. No, and you know it's hard. Listen, they're not the only people. Look at the great uh, Atlanta Braves teams yeah. all those years that won one World Series. It's baseball playoffs are such a crapshoot, uh, almost more so than any other sport. And so that just just come into my mind because I look at it and I say, okay, what? so what's going to happen with them this year? Are they going to have one of those crazy, you know, oh, my God, what happened to them? Or are they going to sustain that excellence, you know, and uh, just run through people? So we'll see what happens. And there's a lot of Dodgers fans in this town. Right, no doubt. Uh, the Atlanta Braves and the LA Dodgers are just waiting patiently. They're gonna get they get a week yeah, off. Well, the Braves, yeah. yeah, the Braves have been so excellent this year too. I mean they're you know, what a great ball club. And you know, I referenced the A's of the past, but this current A's who of course they've won, you know, the championship, they're they're doing that tradition of those former A's uh, Braves teams, they're doing that tradition proud. Yeah, they are. And then you have Houston and Baltimore in the American League. And, you know, Baltimore, a surprise uh, this year, but they played some very good baseball, very consistent baseball. Uh, so if you look at, you know, the top four teams, the two in the AL and two in the NL, uh, mm-hmm. it makes, makes for very interesting, uh, baseball. And like I said, three of the four teams, uh, they've been, uh, staples here in, in recent years. We're talking about yeah. the Astros and the, the Braves yep. and the Dodgers and the new kids on the block, uh, Baltimore here. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, you can really make a case for any four of those teams. And I, I, Absolutely. I say, I say don't sleep on Philadelphia either. I mean, they were in the World Series last year. Yeah. It was funny when you asked me that question. I was almost going to bring up the Phillies because they've, they've been kind of, the, they're kind of the wild card in this whole deal, aren't they? And, um, and have shown flashes of 
super excellence. So, yeah, they, they're another team that, you know, it, and, and their fans have been patient with them. Uh, well, I don't know if you can call Philly fans patient ever, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the wrong, maybe that's the wrong adjective for them, but they're, they're being rewarded. Let's put it that way. Perfect stuff. Al Bernstein, tell us what, what you got coming up next, my friend, whether it's, it's a fight night or, or singing. Well, we're going to have uh, October 14th, we have a, a Showtime Championship Boxing, a really good fight. Tim Zhu, uh, the 154-pounder who was supposed to fight Jamel Charlo, will fight, and pro- because Charlo will be stripped of his title, probably would this will end up being for a world title, uh, the full world title. Tim Zhu taking on Brian Mendoza, who beat uh, Sebastian Fondora in that a big upset. Uh, that's going to be from Australia. We're going to we're going to do that fight. I'm not going to Australia for it. We're going to do it from New York, but uh, but we'll have it on Showtime Championship Boxing, and that should be a really that should be a really fun fight. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, great stuff. And uh, r- r- remind me again when you're when you're going to be next at the, the Tuscany. I'll uh, definitely be there if I'm in town, and, and hopefully I should be if it's any time after August uh, October 20th, my friend. There you go. We'll be done. Yeah, you'll be there. Be, you won't be on the road uh, so much, um, and hopefully you will. Uh, you'll be helping. You'll be celebrating an Aces uh, World Championship. Uh, go back to back, brother. That's what we're hoping for, no doubt. Yeah. In the meanwhile, go ahead and uh, we, we'll go out with a little Shaggy. So make sure you uh, get in touch with oh, Shaggy. I like it. And here go we ahead. go. There you go, brother. <laughs> Al, I appreciate you as always, my friend. Great stuff and great uh, job yeah. on on Saturday night. Take care, bye bye. There it is, Al Bernstein. With a little shaggy reference.